Hello. Welcome to This Is Fine Podcast. My name is Israel, as always. And with me on the other line, please don't disturb him while he eats his porg. It's my man, Art School Drop. How's it been, man? Long time no see. It has been a long time, man. About this. It has been a long time. So uh, we're going to have a, a very in-depth conversation about this movie. Um, so. Yeah, I was excited when you asked me if I had seen it because you had texted me. I think you texted me the night after I saw it. And I had like logged back onto Twitter after like two weeks specifically to praise the film because I'd never, um, I don't like Star Wars. I don't have an affinity for it. I don't have an emotional connection. I think that's similar with a lot of people of our generation because the first one I saw was Phantom Menace and I thought it was boring. And I remember my mom and my uncle who are big sci-fi fans taking all of their kids to see it and explaining what it was like seeing it when they were kids. And I just didn't get it after Phantom Menace. I was like, that was really boring. Like, that sucked. And I carried that throughout life. Um, But this was the first Star Wars film I liked. And it's actually the film I liked most of this year. I thought it was an actual movie that delivered past what a Star Wars film is. And was just a great movie experience. What did you think? uh, Before we get started, uh, let me just say that we are going to... Uh, talk about this movie's plot and stuff so if you haven't seen it uh, I don't recommend listening I feel like if you haven't seen it you you already don't give a shit like everyone in the world is <laughs> who cares has seen this oh, we're gonna get into everyone in the world in just a second but I don't know if I can say that I love this movie yet but what I can say is I am so fucking glad this movie exists i am so glad this movie is the way it is uh we can get into some of the things i didn't like about it and some of the things that were just like get, let's get into what bullshit you like, but i think but i just want to say first off is just to say that like this was a movie made by someone and what i mean by that is like this is not a movie to sell toys or to sell sequels or to like make a company's bottom line. This was somebody saying, well, this is what I want to do with star Wars. Not I'm going to tell a, the star Wars story. My like I, here is what I want to do with star Wars. And I respect the hell out of that. And I just really admire this film. Um, you actually hit the nail on the head because he actually said, he echoed what you said, the director, Ryan Johnson, he said in interviews, there's actually a really good one with Business Insider where he said, you know, the vocal minority that hates this film, I understand it, but I wanted to, and it actually has to go with a lot with the new force powers that the film has. He's like, people forget when George Lucas made those first three films, every single thing in those films was new to the audience. And we haven't had that as star Wars fans or moviegoers for the long time. Every single movie, the force changed powers, changed characters, changed. There were always new worlds coming in and we hadn't had that in years. And Ryan delivered on that. But I think the biggest thing I like about this movie, and it's the reason people probably hate it, is 
the one strongest theme, and I think there's two, I think the first one is let go of your expectations. Let go of your expectations of what you think this movie is. Right, kill the past. Yeah, like Kylo Ren, when he says it, he says, forget the past, kill it if you have to. Or when Luke says, this is not going to go the way you think. It's a meta commentary on, we want franchises, we want to know what the end of the movie is going to be before we see it. So we get the feeling of, I was right. We want every film to be predictable. We want every Marvel movie for them to leave the status quo basically the same. We, it's, uh, have you ever watched Futurama? Yes. Do you remember the episode that was about TV where Fry was reenacting this old court drama? Single female lawyer. Yeah, and he was just like, he's just like, you know, people don't want anything new. They want things to stay, stay the same. After 30 minutes, they want it to be the same. They don't want to feel scared. And that's what we live in. Nobody wants change. And the thing about it is people are complaining about this film, but he tells you in the film, let go of the past, let go of your expectations. And that's great because it was not only did the movie tell you to let go of expectations, but the characters in the movie actually learn something, which does not happen in Star Wars. Characters are just good or bad. They don't learn a higher lesson ever. Being good is enough. But this movie tells you being a hero is largely stupid. And Ray, for perfect example, and Poe and Finn really didn't have strong reasons from The Force Awakens, a movie I did not like, for fighting this war. They had no reason to really fight for it. And no one really explained why the First Order is so bad. Yeah, they blow up these planets, but before that even happens, there's no explanation for why Ray wants to do this. But this movie delves into, you know, what is your stake in this? Why are you doing this? Why is, what is this hero complex all three of you have? Uh, One thing I really did notice about the film to piggyback off you is that this, like you said, it's a meta film and it is a film that's very anti-nostalgia. It, it's, it doesn't, it's kind of taking this myth and this lore that Star Wars has built over the decades and saying, like, this is kind of bullshit. We can just, like, it doesn't have to be the same thing. You can, we can make something new, which is something that movies like this aren't supposed to do. Uh, franchises are just supposed to, like, be exciting. They're not supposed to be interesting. You know, the thing about Marvel movies is that they're a lot of fun, but I, I never want to watch them again after I watch them the first time. Because, like, once is enough. I, I get the gist. None of them are particularly special or memorable in any way. This movie, for me, was just sort of like watching someone who has actually thought about, a lot about Star Wars in a way that's not just... I accept everything it's told me over the years, but in a way and of like, no, well, what, what is this really? What is the force? A... Okay, go, yeah, continue. I'm sorry. No, like, that's pretty much it. Like, what, like, you know, there's a scene near the end where Yoda shows up, and he's just, and like, Mark, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, Luke Skywalker, is basically telling his ghost friend 
that he's about to burn those books down thinking that he's gonna stop him or like give him some impassioned speech about like why those books are important and he and he and he decided to just burn it himself and like it kind of fucks with him it kind of fucks with Luke Skywalker that he would just burn he would actually burn those books and Yoda's just like dog come on what's really in those books like what does any of this matter like go with the times like things have to change and it's, like the, the the it does actually live up to the title which is like he is the last jedi because the jedi needs to change change is inevitable whether you like it or Luke not and Luke says it himself like the jedi are a history of failure and if you watch the first three movies and even the prequels the jedi have never really had in the context of the movie i'm not talking about the larger canon a sizable win they've never really changed anything for that long and another thing is the resistance it's like is the empire evil yes but the movies never really go into why they're evil and they never really go into what the resistance has to offer the galaxy after this all ends like the jedi don't really offer anyone anything because they continually lose. They aren't able to win. They just, they're too rigid. They're too stuck in the past. And I love that this movie addressed, like, the Jedi failed. And Ray, and this is going to anger people. My brother put it perfectly. He's just like, this was a great film. It also was also on its white feminist kick for a second time, which is fine. Like, and he wasn't saying that, like, as a criticism, but more so as a, you know, yeah, is this film diverse? Yes. But everyone is kind of pushed to the side so white women can have their moment for diversity. But that's not diversity. That's just another white person, white group being being represented. But it's just like, I liked Ray more in this movie because people, I like when it was revealed and you know spoiler for anyone that doesn't want to know that she's not the one she's not important in the grand scheme of this story and i was talking to someone after the film and i basically was just like that makes sense i cannot tell you how much i fucking loved that did you like that part yes i fucking loved it why does she need to be special about that part it makes sense because Think about how large this galaxy far, far away is. How ridiculous is it for everything to be connected? It's better if she's not special. It's just better. It's just better storytelling. It just makes perfect sense. Because none of us saw it coming. None of us saw it coming. And that's what makes her a more likable character for me. So now it's a choice where she really has to say, okay, the Jedi need to be different. Because it's all been burned down. And she was different than Luke. Luke was scared. Luke was so scared to face the dark side. And Ray was like, fuck it. If you're not going to teach me, I'm going to find it myself. Whereas in the first movie, I really did dislike her. And it was more so because of J.J. Abrams, because she just had everything. She was Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. She was an amazing fighter. She was an amazing mechanic and inventor and all these other things. Same thing with Poe. Poe in the in the first movie, even though I wish he had gotten more screen time, was perfect. He was perfect. Like, there wasn't anything that was really difficult for him. But this movie really showed 
Ray has a lot of growing to do. She doesn't need Luke to become a good fighter. But okay. she does need someone to say, you're being naive. So you are hold naive. on, hold, hold that thought. Uh, so going along with that, let's talk about uh, this movie as a whole. Uh, one of the things that was really interesting about this movie is that it is essentially like a series of MacGuffins and like red herrings over and over again throughout the entire movie. So, oh, uh, it turns out, just like you said before, it turns out Ray's parents don't matter. Um, it turns out you think Snoke is the villain. Actually, let's just get rid of him. Fuck that. Fuck having Snoke as a villain. Uh, we have Grendel and Christie from Game of Thrones. Uh, you, she plays Lady Brienne on Game of Thrones, for those of you who watch. She plays the Chrome Stormtrooper. And you're like, oh, this is the this is the Boa Fett character. Like, we, get, we don't really have anything for her to do, so let's just kill her off, too. Uh, we have uh, Leia's dead. Well, actually, she's not. She has the Force, and... Which that is great. I love that it's finally she is shown to be just as powerful as Luke. I love that moment. It was great. It was uh, great. We have this whole side plot, and we are going to get to Finn, I promise. We have this whole side plot where Poe and Finn and this character Rose team up to go on this elaborate mission because uh, the person who takes over for uh leia when she's in well she's comatose um played by purple-haired laura dern doesn't is going with a plan that poe doesn't agree with and feels like is jeopardizing them and making them like sitting ducks so poe and uh poe and finn and rose devise this plan where finn and rose need to go look for a code breaker in this casino planet they do all of that, and at the end, it doesn't actually mean anything. They like they abandon ship because it turns out that the plan was to sneak everybody off the ship, and uh, Laura Dern was going to sacrifice herself to take out the the Empire ship. And and that's all fine. And you know, the the other one is also that like the the Ray. And Luke Skywalker stuff is kind of you think it's gonna be like this uh this sort of Rocky or Creed type um, old man teaches a young person how to master their powers and master their strength and actually it's not it's not that at all it's just like this character study between an old man on the way out and a young person coming up and really it's just an excuse for like to to keep Ray away from the action. And just have her on the the space phone with Kylo Ren for most of the movie, which actually worked and probably shouldn't have, but worked, it worked really well. It worked really well, and it was really good. Like it's actually two people tr- under, trying to understand each other throughout throughout a two hour movie. Basically, it's kind of like a little sweet indie rom com in a bit, in a way, and uh. This movie actually does an interesting trick, which is um, the temple scene, which is like how Ben became quote unquote bad. 
uh, it does this neat trick where, like, both things are true at the same time. Both Kylo and Luke are telling the truth about what happened, but from differing perspectives. And I respected that decision to, like, not have it be, like, one person is lying and the other person is telling the truth, but to have it, like, basically two sides of the same coin. I thought it was really, really smart. This idea that, like, just because Ben had a lot of darkness inside him doesn't mean he was going to the dark side. And that's sort of the thing that frightens uh, Luke about Rey, is that she has all this darkness inside her, but she is not, like, afraid of that darkness. She is embracing it as much as she's embracing the light. And uh, I just found all that that very interesting. What I really liked about this film is... Not only that it was talking to the audience in this very good way of telling us to let go of the past, every character learned something. Every character was on an arc. And Ray's arc was learning to let not only let go of the past, but let go of hero worship and the naivety that comes with that. And when she's in uh, Snoke's lair, one of the great things about that is it goes back to Luke saying, this isn't going to go the way you think. She's a very smart character, but she's almost too smart for her own good. Everything up to this point has gone her way. She doesn't really understand that it's not about good and evil anymore, which is something that Luke sort of gets about the movie. Him- well, you know, he's a guy on the way out. He's, he's lived a long life. And he kind of is at that point where he realizes, like, oh, this really is just all kind of bullshit. Yeah, like, even he's... Okay, I have to ask this, because this is a perfect example of Star Wars fans versus some... Are you a huge Star Wars fan? I am not. Okay, so we're two people who aren't Star Wars fans, so I think that's why we like this film, because it doesn't just work as a Star Wars film. It works as a film. It works as a summer blockbuster. Or, you know, just a blockbuster. It works on all those levels. But um, I was sitting next to a guy in the theater, packed theater, and when Ray uh, hands um, Luke the lightsaber and Luke throws it over, basically saying to the audience, this doesn't matter. Like, this doesn't matter. And calling it a laser sword. Or telling Ray, what do you think you're going to do with a laser sword against a whole army? This one guy... When that, when Luke threw that lightsaber, literally said in the theater, what the fuck? And I was sitting right next to him, howling. I thought, I was on board. The minute that happened, I was locked in. I was just like, I'm ready. Do whatever you want. Like, I felt like I was just like, I'm in your hands now. Ryan Johnson, do whatever you need to to tell your story. And that rarely happens with me. I'm usually looking for the flaws in a movie. And I was just like, I know this movie is too long. I'm not a fan of this casino scene. This movie is you way know, too long. This movie is way too long. It's honestly 20 minutes off this runtime. There are five people, endings, I'm pretty sure. It's so long, and people are upset that Phasma didn't get more screen time. But to Ryan's credit, why did she need more screen time? She got as much as she needed for the story. We got story that's all we needed her for and that's not to say she's not interesting but it already was packed 
if you put more of her in, you're going to have to cut out more crucial parts of the story, like Rose's story. A character who, you know, if we're going to get into Finn, we also have to get into Rose. Because both of those characters, I love them and I'm annoyed with them. Because at the end of the day, this is a film made by a white director. And I think Ryan Johnson did a lot of work with Finn that J.J. Abrams failed at. All um, right, so let's talk about Finn. I, let's just talk about Finn. Okay, so I... John Boyega, thing, man. Get your money, man. <sighs> I love John Boyega. I think he is one of those rare actors like uh, Idris Elba that has a presence about him, and he just commands the screen. You just want to look at him and see what he's going to do next. He's one of those rare actors. But in The Force Awakens... It really surprised white people were not offended that he was a red herring in in Force Awakens. They didn't care because he was black. They didn't care that the black character didn't become the Jedi, you know, wasn't the chosen one. Didn't care that he got whipped in the back or that he was basically a slave in the beginning of the movie that was given a name by his savior or that he had this meets this white woman and out of nowhere just falls in love with her for no real discerning reason. She's not charming. She's not nice to him. She's kind of a jerk. Not that he's not a jerk, too, but he's a stereotypical black character in the worst way. And that would be one thing. That would be one thing. But he's a red herring. He services to make Ray look good in every single scene. He's an idiot. Ray's not an idiot. He can't wield a lightsaber. Ray can wield a lightsaber. He can't fly a Millennium Falcon. She can fly a Millennium Falcon. He can't talk Wookiee. She can understand Wookiee. Everything about The Force Awakens bothered me because the black character was basically made as a red herring to service the white protagonist, which is happens in Marvel movies literally all the time. Every single Marvel movie, the white character has a black sidekick. Thor has one. Iron Man has one. Captain America has one. Even Doctor Strange has one. Fuck, even Ant-Man has a black sidekick. It is something about movies, even in 2017, we can't get right. And Ryan Johnson went in with the impossible task of making a character who was a red herring, and basically, after the reveal that he's not the chosen one, really doesn't have anything left to do in the film. Like, he has nothing left to offer the Star Wars and Ryan Johnson makes him an integral part because he's different than Ray and Poe. Like I said earlier, Ray and Poe, it's easy for them to be heroes. There's not a lot the two of them have to overcome. They're natural fighters. They're naturally gifted. They're naturally brave. They naturally know how to fly things and fix things. They are natural-born heroes. Finn in the first movie was a coward, and he started this movie as a coward. But at every single instance where he could have ran, Every single instance where he could have not jumped in the line of fire because this is not his war, he was the hero of the moment who was like, I'm ready to sacrifice myself. I was ready to leave the First Order. I was ready to defect and fight this war that's not mine. I'm ready to jump in front of this cannon. I'm willing to abandon my friends so I can find Rey and make sure she's okay. I'm willing to go to this casino planet and find the Master Coder, and I don't know why I'm being a hero, but I'm going to do it. And that's what I like in a hero. Someone who, even though he's a coward, overcomes that. Do I still get angry at him and the way Rose are portrayed? Hell fucking yes. Hell yes. You know, Ryan, you you have a very interesting way of looking at it. 
Because my attitude about it was like, well, they just gave Finn a MacGuffin to keep him busy. And, you know, oh, it's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of character work. There's plenty of character work. It's great. It's very well written. But it really is just like, let's just give Finn. They don't know what to do with Finn within the story, the larger story. So it's just like, let's give him something to do. Let's give him a side mission and a sidekick. Can I ask you something? What What would you have done? Because I... Not that I want to defend Ryan Johnson, but after the Force Awakens, there's not much to do with Finn. Well, there's that's really- but see, that's the pro- that's the larger problem of this series is like they they brought in a black character just so they could say they had a black character, not because they needed his character. And I just I don't I don't respect that, and like I don't know what to do with Finn. Like he just he doesn't seem to have. I mean, you you probably found more meaning in his uh in his uh, storyline than anybody else i've known but like i don't Maybe know how because i hated him so much in force awakens like i don't know I, how you push that storyline further anyway. i told everyone and people argued with me on twitter mostly white people i said he is literally a slave in the movie and he's a janitor and he literally gets whipped in the back and he has fever for a white and he's a coward, and he's not intelligent. I hated Finn in that movie. It made it to the point where it was always hard. I don't think I rewatched. I don't know if I even rewatched it. It was hard. To, it was hard to rewatch it because I just hated Finn so much. And even in this film, I'm still upset about what happened in the Force Awakens. But I do think it went a long way to redeeming someone who's a red herring. But, like, you can't redeem a red herring 100%. Once you reveal someone's not integral to the plot, you cannot go back and make them integral to the plot. You literally said in the larger universe, Finn doesn't matter. The whole reason he was in this story, he was in this script, was so it could be revealed he can't wield the lightsaber, Ray can. But I do think in this film, he does get the speech at the end to not give up. He does get the moment where he's about to sacrifice, and then Rose comes in and saves him and also gets in on that moment. But Rose is another one. She's not integral to the plot. She's not, and that's an issue for me. You don't get points for putting a woman of color into this and not having her have a purpose. Like, people can argue with me that Rose had a purpose. She didn't. I found her more intriguing than Ray. Her purpose... And that's what's hard for me. Her purpose was to give John Boyega another love interest while Ray and Kylo Ren had their will-they-won't-they intergalactic telephone romance. I honestly didn't want Rose and Finn to get together. No, I didn't didn't want it either, but I don't really want... I didn't want it either, but I also didn't care about Finn and Ray either but I didn't want I didn't want Finn and Ray. I I hate Ray as a character from The Force Awakens because she was just it's dumb to have a character be Han Solo and also be Luke cuz then it means you don't need anyone else. You don't really need Poe anymore. He's supposed to be Han Solo, but that's not really the truth because he can't fly the Millennium Falcon. Only Ray can fly the Millennium Falcon. You know, that's what I, I don't, and that's why I didn't want her and Finn to get together because I don't like Ray, but I also did not want him and Rose to get together because it didn't make sense. 
her falling in love with him made no sense and it cheapened all the good work she did before that she was her own character and then it's just like oh let's let's give uh john boyega something to play off of for this that bugged me a fucking lot i hated that romance it and in a two and a half hour movie there's gonna be some missteps but i think the way he dealt with that i i wouldn't i wouldn't have done that i would not have put them together all right, so we've talked about uh, some of the things we've hated, and uh, if you think of any more, you can share them. But let's talk about some stuff that we love, and I will start off by saying right here on this podcast, loudly with authority, I'm Kylo Ren, hive dog. I'm You're fuck- Kylo Ren. I'm Adam fucking Kylo Ren, hive dog. I'm fucking Kylo Ren, hive. Adam Driver for Oscar, son. Best actor on the way. I thought he was great. I thought he Adam was Driver is the li- is literally keeping this film together. When he took off his helmet and he punched it and kept, I was just like, he's such a good actor because he gets that he's supposed to be a petulant child. And I'm tired of people complaining that. Killing Snoke was a bad move. Killing Snoke was, was the best move. move. It was the Be- best move. Because Ryan Johnson was right. Snoke in the movie made it so Kylo Ren wasn't important because there was always a bigger villain behind him. But killing him, he said in his business insider interview, someone was just like, did you just kill Snoke because you didn't know what to do with him? And he said flat out no. He's like, you need to understand, I wrote this script from reading the script of Force Awakens. Force Awakens was not even out when I wrote this script. And I realized it was important to kill Snoke because if you keep Snoke around, Kylo can never boss up. And when Kylo says, let go of the past, kill it if you have to, that shit, he delivered that line so well. He fucking rocked. He was great in this movie. And I'm tired of people shitting on him. I'm tired of people shitting on Ryan Johnson for killing Snoke. I don't give a fuck what Snoke's background was. It wouldn't have been interesting. It let's, would not have been interesting. Let's get a couple things straight. Snoke was a shit villain. Fuck, I don't, I don't, fuck a CGI villain. I don't give, I don't give a shit. People want these villains that are like evil incarnate because it makes it evil, it makes it easier to hate them. But the best villains, whether it's in Star Wars or it's a comic book villains or whatever, the best villains are people that are damaged and that you kind of see where they're coming from, even if you don't agree. You know who's the another best villain villains see themselves as heroes. The best villains are just are human. They they they're not evil incarnate. They have backstories. They have these tragic upcomings that turn them. He wasn't a generic and, Marvel. And I don't like, I don't understand how people cannot appreciate what the fuck Adam Driver is doing because it is amazing. He, the thing about Adam Driver is Ray and people might disagree. Ray doesn't really have a character. She doesn't have a lot of personality. I don't know if that comes down to the actress who's portraying her, I just really don't get what her motivation is for doing anything. Adam Driver 
is playing this character and he's in it. He's locked in to being fucking Kylo Ren. It's like, I feel like he never is not Kylo Ren when he's filming this because at every moment, he just commanded the screen and you wanted to root for him. And another character people hated was Benicio Del Toro's character, DJ. And I left the movie and I said, I finally found a Star Wars character that I identify with. If I was a character in the Star Wars universe, that's probably my closest analog, Benicio Del Toro, because he did a great job for a plot point that didn't fucking matter. Him and Adam it was, Driver it was pretty were the much best the parts. setup for him being in the third movie. That's all that plot point was. Who? Benicio, Benicio? del Toro. Like that. I don't old... think he's gonna come back. I yeah, don't think he, he's gonna come back. He is gonna come back. If he doesn't, I'm so pissed because he was great. And I'm upset he wasn't in more of the film, but I love that he turned on the rebels and he's just like, Finn's like, you're wrong. And then he just looks at him and he's like, Yeah, maybe. And just walks away. It's just like, yeah, what does it matter if I'm wrong? He's just like, what does it matter if I'm on your side or their side? You're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to kill everyone anyway. He's just like, it's war. There is no good guys or bad guys here, to be totally honest with you. Like, I'm taking my money and I'm fucking, I'm like, Finn, you're the dumb one for fucking staying. What, what, what dog do you have in this fight? And that's the one thing I hate about the Star Wars universe. It makes Finn seem more cowardly because he doesn't want to fight this Finn what what dog does Finn have in this fight what like what reason does he have to fight the first order there really really is no reason to fight the first order if the first order really is the government you're just like you're fighting a losing battle you're always going to lose did you like Like the fight with him and Phasma you're fighting for like literal symbolism the Phasma fight was fine. You know, I was, I, I was I happy for him. Part. I was happy for him. It was a good set piece. I enjoyed it. I was happy that he got that. I I thought it should have been longer, but when he screamed, come on, and was just fighting Phasma, even though it was a small part, it was a small part, and it was really a metaphorical thing of, this guy did not matter in the last movie. I need him I need him to matter. I need to him to let go of his past. And Ryan Johnson said, you know, people are just like, is there more Phasma? Are there deleted scenes? She didn't appear. And he's like, no. He's like, I loved working with her. I loved Phasma as a character. But you need to understand, she was there for what she needed to be there for. She needed to be there to redeem Finn. That is what she, Finn needed to come back and fight her so he could let go, go of her past. And I love that moment with Finn. And I, I know, I have a... I love Finn's character coming out of this movie just because I was so disillusioned after The Force Awakens. And for two years, I was just like, this is the most fucking racist character. Like, Billy D. Williams was a better black character. And he was a flat-out fucking traitor in the first movies than this. Also, Mace Windu, I don't count him as a black Jedi because he didn't matter. Samuel Jackson did not matter to the fucking franchise at all and they wasted him they fucking wasted him and it star i just don't like star wars i'm gonna go out on that but adam driver adam driver listen so kylo ren has to in this movie he has to be angry but like never never like it's never uh i'm scared of him anger it's uh i'm concerned about him anger like, you watch him and you're like, I, I really feel for this guy. I really want 
better for this guy. Cause he's he, not wrong. He's not in any part of the movie. He's not wrong, but he's also like you're just like this guy is just hurt. You know what the thing about him is? And that, he's the he's the perfect villain who takes being right just a little bit too far. He is right in a lot of instances, but he takes it one step too far. And that's the perfect villain. A villain is a hero that took it just just one step too far. When he's at the end of that film, when he's when he sees Luke Skywalker again, and his face just gets so purple and so angry, and he's like, "Holy!" And you're just like, "Holy shit!" He is going to kill this guy because and he you know what wants the thing is, people so don't understand. That is acting. Adam Driver is acting with his fucking. He does so much face face. acting in this movie, and it is wonderful. His and also, I think Mark Hamill did a good job. Even though Mark Hamill was just like, I didn't like what Ryan Johnson did with my character. I'm like, I don't. I didn't want him. Like, Mark Hamill is like acting like he should have came back in the first movie to save Ray. I'm like, it's not your movie anymore, old man. Being grumpy was the only thing that made me like you, because I didn't like you in the original movies. You being a dick was great, because you and those two going at it was, it was fucking perfect, because the way Adam Driver fights with a lightsaber, everyone fights with a lightsaber exactly the same way. Adam Driver does not fight with a lightsaber like anyone else. He fucking, he fucking goes for it, and you feel him with every single fucking slash i love adam driver in that fucking movie luke skywalker is so is so good in this movie and i'm actually really surprised and like he just he i think him and and adam driver are just just the 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 stars they they shine so bright in this movie and i don't and i hope i really do hope mark hamill comes around because this is the best performance he's ever given it and this really is. Mess, is. This like is the I don't best understand. Ever done. Everyone's just, like, "You tarnished Luke Skywalker's legacy." People are saying Ryan Johnson. Tar- I'm just like, no. He made Luke Skywalker human. He gave him emotions and a motivation for not wanting to fight. Luke Skywalker was never an interesting character. And in this, I was just like, yeah, I like you now because you're acting. Him and Adam Driver, their faces in this movie did more than the dialogue. And the dialogue was great. But you're right. When Adam Driver saw Luke Skywalker standing there, oh, man, his fucking face. He... It was just... He's like someone's about to get bodied. Like, he's like, he's like, open the fucking door. Open the fucking door. Like, he, I fucking love him. So the two scenes to me in this movie that stand out the most are uh, the scene where purple-haired Laura Dern pushes the ship into hyperdrive directly into the rebel ship and it does this wordless soundless sequence in which the ship goes through the other ship before like the giant explosion and I'm going to say I like Laura Dern I liked I liked that part I like and I liked her plot I, I like that po- I like that Poe didn't get to be right Oh yeah, I that respected was, that decision. That was wrong from the fucking beginning. And someone was just like to me, "Why couldn't Laura Dern just tell Poe her plan?" I'm like, "Fucking chain of command." She didn't have to say it. Her talking to him was her doing 
him a favor. He's a fucking captain. She's the fucking commander. She doesn't have to tell him fucking anything. They don't understand Chain of Command. They just want their their fave characters to be respected. That was what pissed me off about Laura Dern's character, because it was just like, people are just like, she, like, what's the big deal? Like, why couldn't she just tell Poe what's going on? Fucking Chain of Command. Poe, and Poe just got a bunch of people fucking killed. Poe was wrong. <laughs> Laura Dern and Laura Dern's plan was ingenious. It was ingenious. And Poe's plan was stupid from the get-go. What is it with Star Wars and thinking dressing up like the enemy and sneaking onto the ship is the only way to win a war? It's happened in like four of the fucking movies, and it is so ridiculously and stupid. It's it's so dumb. But I did love that whole sequence of that ship exploding. And um, the second scene that really stands out to me is after Snoke is killed, the fight that Kylo Ren and Rey have in the Red Room with the Samurais. Inject, you know inject, that, inject that scene into my veins. I love that scene so much. The, the white snow with the red sand under it was what will stick with me. That was fucking incredible. The salt planes, like, the, the salt planes uh, thing. Yeah. That was, for me, that was the whole movie. Like, that, like, the red, all in Snoke's lair, with Snoke's guards, with the salt flats, that, to me, was, like, the most artistic thing. Like, it spoke volumes to the film. And also, I'm going to call out, I like Oscar Isaac. Poe was another one they didn't know what to do with in this film. Well, that's because Poe was never a real character. Like, Poe was supposed to die in the first one, but then they got Oscar Isaac, and they're like, well, we can't kill Poe now. So now they're just like, I guess he's Han Solo. But, like, but he's not. Ray is Han Solo. Like, like Oscar Isaac isn't anyone. He's literally just a fighter who's like, and the thing is, I liked him in this because he was wrong. I think Laura Dern's part went on too long. I think that subplot went on too long. But I did like that it was just like, no, like... But the one thing that did suck, I hate when Carrie Fisher and her was just like, I like him. I was like, why? Why do you guys like him? You, you just got half you your want the brash. Murdered. You want the brash fighter on your side, man. You want you want uh, Allen Iverson on your team, even though but he's going to shoot all the shots. He's not Allen Iverson at all, because at least Allen Iverson was usually right. When Allen Iverson said, it's not a game, it's just practice, he was right. Poe was wrong twice in the film because they're like now we don't have a fleet and we only have like 400 fucking fighters that's all poe's fault no one realizes everyone's dead because of poe so everyone so before we go should we talk about the fans oh yeah yeah so you mean the children yeah so uh, let me just say this i am i felt this way for a while but this movie kind of confirmed it for me I am completely anti-fandom. I think fandom is just a bunch of people stuck in the past, stuck with the movies that they already love and don't want to be changed in any way. They don't want character development. They don't want things to be different. They want the exact same movies fed back to them. Which, you know, unless it's their specific vision of what they think should happen in this movie or in this comic or anything else. I think fandoms are ridiculous because it's just a bunch of whiny brats 
who can't deal with change. They just cannot deal with change. They cannot deal with something new. Even Man, though, like, Star- at one Ryan- point, Star Wars was new to you, and you discovered it, and you won't, like, allow yourself to discover something again. Ryan Johnson shitting on the fandom was one of the reasons I loved this movie. Like, I loved it, and everyone I talked to who was a nerd hated it. Hated it. And I was like, you hate it because he was making a movie that he wanted to make. Not the movie you wanted to see. And that was the thing about Force Awakens. Force Awakens was not a movie. Force Awakens was a fucking clip show. Force Awakens was fucking bullshit. This was an actual movie, and fandoms fucking blow. Fandoms are the reason we get shitty movies every single fucking summer. It's why Jumanji is going to do great this weekend, because we can't let go of the fucking past. Jumanji wasn't good the first time, and now we have to sit through it again. Star Wars has always been just fine. It's not that fucking great. Get over it. But I understand why people are obsessed with Star Wars. Because you get to see three white people save a galaxy six different fucking times. And people have been mad about this movie from the get-go because they really just wanted to see A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back with no changes to it. The same exact movie. And they would have fucking paid for it. The guy that sat next to me and said, what the fuck, when Luke threw that lightsaber away, he is a baby. And all of them are babies. The fucking Steven Universe fandom is our fucking babies they fucking ran one of the lead animators off the show because they didn't get one of their ships and i'm saying that with the most disdain in my voice fandoms are so fucking toxic they lead to actors wanting to fucking kill themselves they lead to other people other fans wanting to kill themselves and honestly star wars fans need to grow the fuck up and get the fuck over it you're a bunch of whiny fucking brats the world has been made for you and that's what i'm tired about with nerds and i'm getting worked up you keep acting like the world isn't made for you the world was never not made for you the world has always been made for you well uh on that note i guess we can go